0: What's up, family? It is Isaac Curry, your co-host for your Therapy Thursdays. I'm excited to have you here. Come on in wherever you're streaming from around the world. Please come on in. Let your presence be known. Let us know where you're streaming from so family and friends, their faith can be increased because we have people streaming from around the world. Shout out to Relationships Without Walls, our family. We're so excited to be here with Redefined TV. We're partnering with your Therapy Thursdays, somebody hashtag Therapy Thursdays, Therapy Thursdays, text, tag, call, do whatever you need to do. Tell your family or friends it's going down this evening. You need to be here for Therapy Thursdays. I'm excited to be here with you once more to be able to share the word of God with you because we have a therapy session that is in effect on today. And we're talking about disappointment. We have a conversation about disappointment and the foundation of disappointment that I believe helps us, whether you are married, whether you are single, whether you are dating, whether you are thinking about a new career, whether you are entering into a business partnership, it doesn't matter. We can see so many different things that permeate the passage of scriptures on today, but also it's practical because I believe what happens today in the passage is something that we can resonate with with. And if we're honest with ourselves and we allow the spirit of God to speak to us, we, many of us can see how this perhaps has impacted us or uh, inhibited us or restricted us or handicapped us in our life at some point in time, or it can help you moving forward. Somebody type the disappointment room, the disappointment room, the disappointment room. I think it's important that we look at the apostle called Peter. And what's important with Peter is that when we look at Acts chapter one, what we're going to discover is that Peter, hmm, how can I say this? He opens up a job search. He takes the initiative. He opens up a job search because he wants to fill a void that was left behind by someone who hurt him someone hurt him, someone left them, and as a result, there was a void, somebody type of void. There was a void left by someone who left them. There was hurt and there was pain experienced. And as a result, what we're going to see in this text is that he takes the initiative and he opens up a job description because of a void. And I believe the void ruled him so much that when he looked at the void, The void reminded him of his deficiencies. The void reminded him of his mistakes. The void reminded him of his past. And many times, if we don't deal with our voids or the voids in our lives, the voids in our lives will deal with us. He opens up a job description because he's looking for a substitute to replace Judas. He's looking for a replacement. So in order to find a replacement, he opens up a job search, right? And when he opens up a job search, the problem with the job search is instead of opening the job search to a larger pool of potentially viable and qualified candidates, he restricts the job search to people who met his preference. Let me sit there right there. The Apostle Peter opens up a job search. But instead of opening it up to a larger pool of candidates, many people who can apply, he chooses to restrict it only to the people who met his preference. If they didn't match his preference, then they weren't going to apply. But uh, just don't, don't get ahead of me. What happens when we make decisions based on our preference and not our purpose? Fix the glasses. What happens when we make decisions based out of desperation and not our destination? What happens when we allow our hurt to make hurt decisions for us. I wanna welcome you and all of my family and friends to the disappointment room. The apostle Peter opens the door that was the upper room and this room becomes the disappointment room or room of disappointment. And I want to talk about how this becomes a place of disappointment, how he premeditates disappointment, how he premeditates heartache, and how we often in our lives premeditate the heartache that we experience. Peter, talk to me. See What we're talking about today, it applies in all aspects of our lives. So it's going to hit everybody if you just allow it to. Because if you look at the text, the Bible would teach us in Acts chapter one that they were just returning from Galilee. And while they were in Galilee, Jesus was with them. And this is before Jesus ascended to heaven. But before he ascended to heaven, Jesus gave all of the disciples, over 500 people, specific instructions Go to Jerusalem and wait. Somebody type, Jesus said, Wait. He said, Wait. And wait for the Spirit to come. And when the Spirit comes, the Spirit is going to indue, is going to clothe you with power so that you will be able to accomplish the assignment that I have on your life. I have an assignment on each of your lives and the Spirit is going to come and it's going to give you the wisdom, the knowledge, and the power so that you can do what I've called you to do. But it requires that you wait. So the Bible says, Or the Bible also teaches that it's about 500 people. About time, they made three-fourths of a mile journey to Jerusalem. Only 120 of them were left. Ah, disappointment. But then they go to the upper room. And the Bible teaches that they're praying. But then, instead of waiting for the Spirit to come, the Spirit who's going to give wisdom, the Spirit who's going to give knowledge, the Spirit is going to give power that you're clothed with, Peter decides that it's time for them to fill an empty space left by Judas. But when you search Scripture, you're going to discover something. Jesus never told them to fill the void. And the spirit of the Lord never indicated that it was time to fill the void. What happens when your void outweighs your values? And so looking at this text, I want you to see what happens. And it says, all the disciples are together except the one who left them behind, all the apostles. It says, verse 14, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Okay, I got you. They were praying. They were praying there in the upper room, along with Mary and several other women and the brother of Jesus. During this time, about 120 of them are together in one place. Peter decides, oh, Peter, to stand up. And then Peter stood up and addressed him, and look at what he said, y'all. Look at what he said, bro. It says, "Look, it says, brothers, Scripture had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those to arrest Jesus." Okay, you okay? You know that? Okay, got you. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through King David. All right, okay. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. I imagine that must hurt. And so he goes on to talk about how Judas betrayed them, how Judas hung himself and he deserved it. And then he says in verse 20, Peter continued, this was written in the book of Psalms where it says, let his home become desolate, no one living in it. And it also says, let someone else take his position. Let me go ahead and throw this in here. Those are two different passages of scripture in the book of Psalms that Peter is making reference to that have no connection to Jesus being crucified. And yet it appears as though when he's talking, he's making a correlation as into those two scriptures in the book of Psalms connected to Judas. Hmm. But then I can see why he does this because the next passage or the next thing that, that happens I can see why you say that, and so he says in the next verse. As a result, what needs to happen? We should choose a replacement for Judas because Scripture said we should find a replacement. But those were talking about David, and David was running from you know Saul. He was dealing with something else. And and but how did you make that correlation of David filling a position and Judas? We fill in the position for, for, for Judas. I, you can search it yourself. But he says, so now as a result, we need to choose a replacement from among us, men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus's resurrection. Okay. Verse 23. Look at the power. So they nominated... Two men, Joseph called uh, Basarbas, and then look, look, and Matthias. And then they all prayed. They nominated two men, Basarbas and Matthias. And after choosing two men, they prayed. And the Bible says, they said, Lord, you know our hearts, show us which of these two men. They chose two men but then they now pray to God to tell us which of these two men that you want because we chose and now we expect that you to give us the answer based on who we chose. So we chose and then we prayed. We chose. We made a decision and then we prayed to you to bless the decision that we made. We made a decision and then we ask now that you bless the decision. You breathe on the decision that we made. Something about that. Seems kind of out of order, but I'll I'll just keep I'll just I'll just keep talking. As an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry, although Jesus never said that Judas needed to be replaced, but he says, "For he has deserted us and gone where he belongs." Then they cast lots. Somebody type. They cast lots. Somebody type casting lots. They cast lots and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. Mm. Nowhere in scripture do you find Jesus casting lots when he was selecting an apostle. So why would they arrive to a place and choose to reduce their decision-making to how culture and how pagans made decisions by throwing sticks and choosing based upon the sticks who should be an apostle. Somebody say, "Disappointed. disappointed, I'm disappointed, I'm disappointed, I'm disappointed, I'm disappointed. It is possible to pray to God for something and still do the very thing that you were intending to do before you ever prayed to God. Yeah, I said it. It is possible to manipulate scripture to justify your impatience or to support a decision that you want to make. I know you didn't want to hear that, but it's true. It's, it, it is possible for you to look at scripture through a perspective that will endorse what you believe and the decisions that you're making. It's possible, Peter. It's possible to look at this scripture and make it say what we want to say to fit what we want to fit because we want to fill a void and we want to move quicker and we don't feel like waiting. Jesus Jesus told them to go to the upper room and wait for the spirit to come. The spirit's going to give you everything that you need. You will be clothed with power. You will have everything you need for your assignment. And yet they get to the upper room and instead of waiting, they prayed a minute. They stopped praying. And then they was like, you know what? Let's fill this void. Let's choose. And then we would tell God, God, now we're going to pray to you to now choose based on who we provided you to choose from. And then after we pray to you, we're going to turn around and refer to an Old Testament way of making decisions, a pagan's way of making a decision, pop culture, popular culture's way of making a decision. We're going to pray to you, but we're not going to really wait on an answer. We're just going to go through routine and we're going to, have you ever prayed? Oh, you know somebody who prayed for something, but all in the back of your mind, you really want to do this. And so somehow, way, you end up still doing the very thing that you're praying to God to give you insight on, but you never really waited for an answer. And you wonder why disappointment follows. Peter and the disciples, everybody, they prayed for God to bless their options. And then... After praying, they decided to leave their decision-making to chance. They leave their decision-making, their future to chance instead of living by faith. Seventy times in the Old Testament do you hear and see them discussing uh, casting lots and casting lots is a pagan's way or many times in scripture is a way to make decisions and they played games and it's not something, it, it, it stands in contradiction of living by faith. They have the word of God, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and prayer as tools for discernment. And yet Peter and the disciples choose to reduce themselves and just go ahead and leave things to chance. Why pray if you're going to do what you want to do anyway? I keep on talking y'all don't y'all. Y'all 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 don't want to y'all don't want to talk to me today. It is possible to be in a new season and yet still have residue from a former season to cause you to sabotage the thing that God is trying to do in your life. I'm looking at this text. God told you to wait, but you couldn't wait. You just had to fill that void because every time you think about that void, you think about the mistake you made and you think and you you just can't look at yourself. And many times our voids is a mirror and we hate to see the void because I think about my singleness. I think about the career that I didn't have or I think about the goals that I didn't accomplish. And as a result, I want to fill the void with things that make me feel good. So I'm going to fill this void so I don't have to think about how many times I denied Jesus. Jesus has the void God did not ask you when God creates a void it's for a reason it's not for punishment it's for development somebody say develop me Lord develop me Lord develop me Lord develop me Lord here's the thing Jesus gave them specific instructions wait and instead Peter says I believe We need to choose people who've been with us from the beginning. Let's choose these two men from the other men and let's now ask God to bless from those two men. But how do you know that God wants to choose from the two men that you gave him an option to decide from? God has a void for a reason. I'm going somewhere, y'all. God creates a void for a reason. There's a reason that God allowed there to be a void because even in Peter's life in this time, in this season, he does not believe that the gospel should be preached to anybody who is not a Jew. He's not ready for uh, the the Gentiles to have the gospel. God is saying the reason why I have a void in your life is because you're not mature enough to handle what I need to do with that void. So I need to keep that void because I need to keep you looking at me. He thinks he's ready. So now he decides we know the perfect person or the perfect people who can fill this void based upon your preference, not your purpose based upon desperation, not where you're going. He's focused so much on what happened. He's focused so much on what Judas did. If you look at the text, he's focused so much on what happened in the past that not one time is he talking about the future, what Judas did, how Judas handled, and what we need to do is find someone. You're so focused on what happened and the hurt that you experienced. You don't even realize you're making a hurt decision hurt decisions hurt decisions hurt decisions he looked for people who matched his preference not the purpose watch this watch this watch this if you look at this God gives us five things, five things. Let me give you these five things, five things that I believe that God speaks to us in this passage that I believe can help, that can help us, that help us when we're dealing with disappointment or what I believe is happening in the text. Number one, when I look at this text, what I sense God saying, what I sense God doing, what I sense happening in this text, God says, be careful that you're not settling for a familiar. Let me sit there right be careful that you're not settling for familiar. Woo woo did you say I said that yep yeah. be careful that you're not settling for what is familiar. What do I mean by that? God is saying I don't need you to settle for what's familiar because it's a good chance that I may not be choosing Matthias because I have a Paul waiting on you. The problem is Paul is not your preference. He's not your type. Come, come again. Come again. One thing I believe God is teaching us in this text that helps us to avoid disappointment is be careful that you're not settling for what is familiar. Peter wanted Matthias or Asabas because he knew them, because they were comfortable, because they were accessible, because they were familiar. When God was simply saying, it could be in a couple of chapters if you just wait you would see that I'm working on someone named Saul whose name I'm going to change to Paul. And be- But the thing about this is you don't even know to even think and consider a Paul because it's outside of your frame of reference and Paul is not your type. I'm talking to some woman right now. Paul is not your type. And so you're so comfortable with being familiar and you're choosing based on familiar or familiar career. Come on. A familiar a familiar man or a familiar woman or somebody's a familiar mate. You are settling for familiar when God is saying, mm it's a good chance that what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to bring something or someone along who's not even your type. And if you would just allow me to bring that person along, that person would turn your whole life around. That person would transform. That person would help you do the impossible. Because when you think about Matthias, after Matthias was chosen, Matthias is never heard from again. But a few chapters later, God said, this is how I choose. I don't cast lots. The spirit will speak and the spirit will tell you what I need you to do of Barnabas and and Paul. And so if you think about it, Paul writes 13 of 27 books in the entire New Testament. Paul goes on these missionary journeys, help to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. What God is saying is don't settle for familiar. Because in your life, while you're trying to settle for what's familiar, you didn't even know That I'm working on something that perhaps is unfamiliar, something that is different, and something that is not your type or your preference. But if you trust me to fill your void, if you trust me to speak to you, if you trust me to move when you just allow me to move, I promise you the answer will be the greatest thing you've ever experienced. Somebody say, I need to wait. Somebody say, I need to wait. I need to wait. I want a Matthias. Yeah, Matthias is is, is familiar and Matthias is accessible. But what you don't know is God is saying, I got Paul, but I just need you to wait. The second thing I believe that God is revealing to us when it comes to disappointments or how to manage or limit them in our lives. The second thing is this. Don't, or be careful that you're not limiting God's decision to your options. Be careful that you're not settling for familiar, but be careful that you're not limiting God's decision to your options. Because limiting God's decision to your options is not... um, Being led by the Holy Spirit, that is an attempt to manipulate the Holy Spirit. What do you mean? Now, God, in the text, we're going to choose two men from among us. And then we're going to pray to you. You know our hearts. Which of these two are you going to choose? When in fact, God is saying, there's some things that I want to do in your life. I'm talking to somebody right now. There's some things that I want to do in your life. There's some things that I want to open up. There's some doors that I want to open. There's some, there's some bondage that I want to break. There's so many things I want to do in your life, but I need you to understand that I don't need to be limited to your options. They give God options to say, God, will you bless? Uh, will you bless these options? And God has said, I don't need your options. And many times we limit what God can do in our lives because we only think from our scope of reference or our frame of reference. When God is saying, you ain't even thinking about a Paul. You're not even thinking about a Saul. You're not even thinking about anything else. All you're thinking about is what you can see and what you understand. But that's not how I want to move. And that's not what I want to do in your life. I keep on talking. Number three. Being led by the spirit. Entails. Waiting on the spirit. To move. And then you follow. Not you move. And then ask the Holy Spirit to follow. Uh Being led by the spirit. I want to help to limit and reduce the disappointment that you experience. Being led by the Spirit requires you waiting on the Spirit to move. And then when the Spirit moves, you follow. Not you move and then ask the Holy Spirit to follow you. That's not That's not how it works. That. That's, that's not how it works. And, and you see that in the text. It says that they made the decision and then they asked God to follow them. And then they turn around and then they're going to cast lots. How do you want God to bless that? Look at the text. Oh, number four. Be careful. This is good. Be careful because your pain will attempt to make decisions for you. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. I want to help you to reduce uh, some of the pain that you experience, some of the disappointment that you experience. If you do not process your pain, if you do not process the pain of the Judas betraying you, if you do not process the pain of what happened in your past marriage or your relationship or in your childhood with your parents or with your best friend or on your job, if you do not process your pain you will discover you will build a habit of making safe decisions you will choose safe people to be your friends you will choose safe people to date and to marry there is nothing more debilitating than to marry somebody because they were safe i talk, I teach, I see it, I experience it, I know it to be truth, there is nothing more painful than to marry someone because they don't disrupt your normal, because they don't press the envelope, because they fit into your box of comfortable, it's nothing more excruciating than to see someone in a marriage pretending to be happy because they chose someone who was comfortable, someone who was predictable, someone who, they fit the norm, and. That is not what God is choosing for you when God is saying, I need a Paul in your circle because Paul is going to help you, to challenge you. Paul is going to press the envelope. Paul is going to help you to experience the impossible if you can just trust me. If you think about it, if you think about it, if you do not process your pain and you do not deal with your pain, your pain will deal with you. And many of us, we choose safe careers. That career is safe because I know it's going to pay me this. And I know that this is how it can, this is how it's going to go. I'm not going to choose this career because this, when God could be asking you or leading you into a place that requires you to walk by faith, you can't be comfortable and safe and also make faith decisions, which sometimes looks risky. Disappointment. That marriage that didn't work out was because you chose safely that career or that friendship. Oh, that was just a safe that she she was safe or he was a, a safe friend. They were safe and they were safe and you know, and everything was just monotonous and everything was business as usual when God is saying I need you outside of the box. Disappointment. Somebody say the disappointment room. The disappointment room. The disappointment room. That's number 4. That's number 4. That's number 4. Number 5. Be careful. What I hear the Lord is saying, be careful. That you're not making a decision based on a need that you have today that you may not have tomorrow. Matthias, come here. You know, Judas did all this bad stuff to us and he betrayed us. He was among us and, you know, he got what he needs and we need to fill the void. Judas, you know, he just didn't turn out to be all that he turned, that that he said he was and Judas betrayed us and now Jesus, you know, is on the right hand of the Father but, you know, we want you to fill the void. We want somebody who has always walked with us and who experienced us. We We want you to fill the void, you know, Matthias. We want you to fill the void, Matthias. We want you because you will help us, you know, to be a witness because Judas, he left us. Here's the thing though, Matthias might meet the need for that moment, but the needs that you all have in that moment that you're waiting for the spirit to move. And now when the spirit moves, you're going to discover that your appetite shift, you're going to discover that your calling looks different. You're going to discover that God is not just saying preach the gospel to the, the, the Jews, but God is saying, I need you to preach the gospel to the Gentiles as well. All of a sudden the needs change, but you chose based on the needs that you had today when you didn't realize that God is going, you're going to always be evolving. Your calling is going to evolve. Your purpose is going to evolve. And as your purpose evolves, your palate evolves, your, your appetite evolves. And as your appetite evolves, you got to understand you're not going to desire the same things. Things aren't going to look the same. But if you just make decisions in your life based upon the need, based upon the void for today, you're going to look up across that person when you wake up and say, who is you and why is you in my bed? Um, Did you just say that, Curry? Um, Marriage bed. bed. Now, Now, here is the thing. This ain't all just about singles. This ain't all about just marriage. This is about all of the above making decisions when God told you to wait. And God is simply saying, make sure that you don't make need based decisions. I-, I need this today, but you may not need it tomorrow. Tomorrow. And if you don't need that thing tomorrow, then you're stuck because you made a covenant today, whether that's a covenant in business partnership or covenant in marriage or covenant in friendship. And God wants you to be consistent. Be careful. Ah, yeah, Because just because there is an empty seat, I believe Jesus, you know, and the spirit would, be, would have been saying this just because... There's a void left by Judas, and there's an empty seat, doesn't mean you need to fill it with the first available candidate. Somebody type wait. Just because the seat is available does not mean that you need to fill it with the first available candidate. Mm, 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 mm. It's a void for a reason it's literally a void God is saying that void wasn't to punish you but it's to develop you but I had to ask I was asking the question I was saying okay now why then is why is Peter so in a rush like why is Peter in a rush right now to fill this void and you think about it could he be grieving? Could he be angry? Could he be filled with shame? Could he have some hurt that's still unresolved? Because much of this pericope or this passage, they're still talking about Judas and what Judas did. Could it be that Jesus told the disciples, including Peter to wait because he knew that they were still processing their hurt and they had not dealt with their hurt appropriately. And so he wanted them to steward their heart better because the season that he was ushering them into, they had to be better stewards of their heart. Because if you cannot steward your heart better, if you go into this season, you're going to mess up everything. So I need you all to wait. And I'm not going to tell you how long you're going to wait. I can can allow the spirit to come now, but just wait. And many times, if you don't process your hurt and you don't steward your heart, you will enter into a season and repeat or replicate the very thing you just came out of. Wait. Somebody type, wait. Somebody type, wait. I believe that he was in pain still. And I believe he didn't want to keep being faced with that void of what he did. And so it was easier to choose someone who was present. It was easier to choose someone who wouldn't challenge the norm. It was easier to choose someone who fit in his frame of reference. Hmm. You know, let me just choose what I, what's familiar and let me fix him. And we'll be good. Let me just choose what's available. Let me fix her and and, and we'll be good. But it could be that God wants the void because he wants you. When God tells you to wait. So you're asking me then, then what do I do about this void? Or how do I reduce the disappointment? I counsel, I talk to, I help walk through divorce, I help walk into marriage, singleness, both marriage. And I'm telling you, this is something we deal with no matter who you are, where you are. But one thing you can do, interrogate your intentions. You have to interrogate your why. What is activating your appetite? What is... Is that what is the foundation? What is the motivation? What's the motor behind why you got to get married now? What is the motor behind why you just got to get out of this marriage? What is the motor behind why you're making the decision and you got to move right now? What you have to investigate your intentions. You have to investigate your intentions. Is it the loneliness? Is it comparison? What is motivating the pursuit you have to first investigate your intentions. It's important. Peter, take, slow, slow down, Peter. What's really going on? Why do you feel we need to fill this void right now? Just, just talk to me, Peter. Just, just tell me what's going on. And I'm sure we could have learned that although Jesus, you know, redeemed him and encouraged him, that he was still dealing with the remnants of what happened. The residue of what happened. But not only is it interrogate your intentions, but you have to process your hurt. If you don't process your hurt, you will try to replace or recreate the thing or the person who hurt you. Whether intentionally or inadvertently. If you don't deal with who hurt you in your childhood, who hurt you in your past relationship, who hurt you on your job. If you do not process your hurt, you will find that you will either replicate or recreate the very thing or the very person who hurt you. Mm. 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 It's important. It's important. You got to pay attention to that. You'll find yourself settling for Matthias when God is trying to bring you a Paul. The third thing, prioritize your purpose. I know it, I know, I know it sounds simple, but when you get into, when you're faced with the void and when pressure arises, you have to prioritize your purpose you have to prioritize your purpose because for Peter the main thing that ruled him or the main thing that was the motor was his preference not the purpose and you have to be able when in situations like this it's important my purpose my purpose your purpose prioritize the purpose not your preference, because you will find that your preference is flexible. Your standards should be immovable. Your preference should be flexible. You should be flexible with your preferences and stubborn with your standards. But in this text, prioritize your purpose prioritize your purpose, prioritize your purpose, not your preference. You know, you, you, I can hear my brother, I can hear brother, prioritize, I can hear my brother saying, yeah, the problem with many of us and why we experience disappointment is because you got a type. Your type is your preference. Your type is your preference. And if you allow, if you prioritize your preference or your type then you will miss a world changer in Paul who God redeemed, who God transformed because you got a preference. You look right by him or because you have a preference. You look right by her. But when you walk in your purpose and you allow your purpose to be the thing that you prioritize, then you will find that you won't miss because you got a type. So, so I'll, I'll just say this. I'll say this in another way for those of us who, who need this. You should always ask these simple questions <laughs> Am I choosing out of desperation or based upon my destination where I'm going? You should be able to ask Am I trying to limit God to my options? Am I I trying to limit God to my options? You need to ask yourself, is my void outweighing my values? The void, is it causing me to compromise on the values that I stand on? You should be able to ask yourself, am I making hurt decisions? Am I? Is this a is this a hurt decision that I'm making? When you look at Paul, or when you look at Peter rather, Peter, I we need to fill this void with someone who is among us. God said, No, I'm not trying to fill the void with business as usual. I'm filling the void with someone who will be able to to change, grow, transform, and get the gospel to the ends of the earth. Peter, you're not in a place right now where you want the gospel to reach the end of the world. You want the gospel to be preached to the people who make you feel comfortable, the people who are business as usual when I need some more people, some different people around you. Look at the text. Purpose, when it comes to choosing a partner in business, friendship, Relationship, when it comes to choosing a partner in marriage, purpose isn't optional. It's essential, it's critical. Peter, wait. Wait. The foundation of our disappointment is because we're trying to limit God. To the options that we have. We're trying to rush God. We're, we're moving out of impatience. We can't wait. We don't want to be faced with our void. We don't want to deal with ourself. And we want God to move now. When God's telling you, I need you to wait. Lord, we love you and we thank you today for your word. We thank you that we can look at a familiar past, uh, passage in a new way. God, we thank you that you will speak to us in so many different ways. We thank you that we're able to look at the life of Peter and able to see ways in which we can pattern ourselves and experience disappointment, but ways that we can remove and limit the disappointment if we can just learn to wait. God, you know what we need to wait on. You know how we need to wait. If we have been disobedient, Lord, reveal our blind spots to us. Today, God, we want that upper room to be a room filled with your presence, filled with obedience, God, filled with prayer. Not our void, not insecurity, not disobedience. Lord, we thank you for your word. And I pray, God, that you allow this word to be divided up and to meet the needs of every person who is on this stream, whether now or via replay. We thank you in advance. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said together, amen. We bless you. Uh, we thank you for tuning in. And it is our prayer that this message has been impactful in any way. Do me a favor, tag someone, um, share this with someone. You don't know, but someone else needs to receive this word and they will only be able to receive this word if you share it.